All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Feels like it's been a long time since we did the podcast. I know. I feel the same way. I've been like going, going, going all day. I, I almost, I almost last minute backed out of this. Oh really? Just because I had to set up hunger strike tonight, and I didn't think I was going to, and then it like took longer than I thought. But I ended up getting home and eating, doing my thing. Allow me to do a a sound test because I had to unplug all these microphones. Sure. Can you tap on your microphone like that? Mm-hmm. Do it from the other side. This side? No, do, you can reach underneath the screen there. Oh. Just tap on the front. All right. Yeah, perfect. All right. Perfect. We're right as rain, as they say. Tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Bro. Benedict Cumberbatch it... is an impeccable Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> was it that that I walked in on you saying to yourself the other day? Red yeah. leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. It was like a month ago, and it's left me with like a PTSD where like Why? every time I do it, I do it every day. Oh, and you always and now I'm always like looking in. over my shoulder. Right. It's like I was recording voice tracks one night. But you know you do it. Why are you concerned about it? Because it's lame and embarrassing. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm sure tons of people do it. I don't think. I Maybe not. Maybe I, just the professionals. It's more just a superstition that I do this vocal exercise than it is even ah, an actual tactile I should have exercise. done that driving over here. Now I feel Now I feel more um, articulate. <laughs> no, it, that was the worst <laughs> sentence ever. Now I feel more um, articulate. It's, uh, I, th- I just feel like I'm able to enunciate a little bit. Yeah. There. I don't know what the word would be. Because of the red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Ah. That's the psychology of it anyway. Do some tongue twisters. Right. Uh, or speak like really lowly. Like I heard Howard Stern telling somebody one time about how he cranks up the compression in his headphones mm-hmm. so that he he can hear it such that he only has to talk like very lowly, right. very lowly and yeah. like without really even moving his lips too much. Mm-hmm. Minimal effort for it to come out crystal clear right and then he has 100 percent vocal control right yeah he always does kind of sound like he has a bit of a boom going on like it's always very yeah. journey yeah very nasal yeah yeah um i feel like if i listen to a podcast at like two times speed before coming over here i'd be speaking faster and I never listened to a podcast at two times speed. I tried to put on uh, Russell Brand on on Joe Rogan from the other day uh, at yeah. two times speed. Was he on the other day? He was just on the other day. Oh, cool. Not a good guy to listen to on two no. times speed. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think so. Well, what was he on for? He's he's promoting this book called Recovery, where he's kind of taken the twelve step program and and turned it into something slightly new. Uh, okay. I think he's kind of removed the traditional Catholicism from it. And just yep. made it a little bit more spiritually accessible on a broad scale, and cool. infused his uh, Russell Brand comedic nature. Right. So it's 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 further away from revolution, and it's actually more about like you know actual recovery. He actually divides up his life in exactly that way. He's telling Joe about how uh, a few years ago he was very politically active right. when he wrote that revolution book. Yeah. And uh, since then, he's really become much more spiritually active. Ah. Previous to that, he was pop culturally active when he wrote the Bookie Books. Right. Which I read both of. Did you read both of those? I read both I Bookie Books, but I haven't read his his texts no, since then. I didn't read Revolution. I was actually talking to a guy this past weekend who read Revolution and was like, yeah, you should read it. But like, it's kind of funny and kind of like him just ranting about 
politics. Sometimes. I don't think it takes too much effort for him to write a book. I'm not right. necessarily saying that makes them especially good books, although the first book he wrote was a great read. Yeah. Um, but he's just so able to open up his brain and let it pour out. Mm-hmm. And he has an effluvia of uh, words at his fingertips. Totally. He could just do that on the spot. Yes. There would have been no pause like there was for me just then. Sure. I feel like there's no shortage of pop cultural news this week. Yeah. Let's get into it. Oh, my it. God. You know what's like? I, well, we have to start with with a big HW. Um, and it's, it's getting upsetting because it seems like every time I go on the internet, there's like a new person that I admired who it's becoming not okay to admire anymore. Did you admire Harvey Weinstein? No, I didn't. I didn't feel any particular way about Harvey Weinstein. Uh, although doesn't this kind of like we've made jokes before and they're not our jokes about how he rigged the Oscars so that Gwyneth Paltrow would, would win for Shakespeare in love. And now it just kind of feels like, now it just kind of feels like he had to get her that Oscar. So she'd not rat him out for being a perv. Like all of these, it's, it's not just interns and, uh, employees of the, of Miramax or the Weinstein company or whatever, who we've never heard of. It's like, huge names yeah like angelina jolie and i mean rose mcgowan said it years ago and then her career died right Uh, but no now it's uh like the narrative today is brad pitt is a hero and matt damon and ben affleck are scum of the earth really why is why is uh matt be- said Matt, no, not Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Why Brad, is Brad Pitt? Because here? Brad Pitt was dating Gwyneth Paltrow when right. Weinstein was inappropriate with her. Yeah, and he went to the office and shook him down. Really? Threatened to beat him up. Whoa! Yeah, crazy. So he's like one of the few guys in Hollywood who supposedly said something. Now he didn't uh, out this guy, mm-hmm. and the question today seems to be just how known was this? Because that's like half half the people's stories are. I had no idea. If I had known, I wouldn't have worked with this guy. Like, that's what Meryl Streep said, for example. Right. George Clooney. Uh, but then the more stories come out, the more you start to go, well, how, how did you not know? It like, seems like a main characteristic of this guy. Well, yeah, and I watched, a, I watched a, a, a compilation video of all of the different Harvey Weinstein interpretations on Entourage. and <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Is he creepy in any of them? I know he's super, like... He's just, a bully. He's a bully. I don't know if he's ever, like... all the time. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever pervy in it, but he's, like, an asshole to right. the Entourage characters. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there are, there are uh, clips from 30 Rock. Okay. Where um, Jenna Maroney, is that her name? Yep. She makes comments about having having turned down Harvey Weinstein three out of five times. Really? Yep, three out of and there was five. a clip going around today of, of Seth MacFarlane and Emma Stone presenting at some award show. Yeah, what was that? I saw it being posted, but it, it, it wasn't the Oscars, but it was some of the ilk uh, Oscar season award show they were presenting. Uh, and he made a crack that, because they were presenting for best actress in whatever category, and he said, uh, and congratulations to all of these actresses because they no longer now have to pretend they're attracted to Harvey Weinstein. This was four years ago, um, and everybody laughed. They all got the joke, and there was another clip going around today of Gwyneth Paltrow 19 years ago on David Letterman right, uh, talking about how she wanted to go home for Thanksgiving a few days early, but she couldn't because she had to come here, be with, uh, come on the Late Show, and, and be with Dave. And he says, "Well, nobody was forcing you." And she's like, "Well, I'm kind of coerced by, by Harvey Weinstein, if that counts." And <laughs> right. then she kind of says under her breath, he, "He tries to get you to do lots of things." Oh, really? <laughs> this is 19 years ago. Whoa. Yeah. That so like, it's crazy. always been there. It yeah. seems to me that if you if you didn't spot it, 
It's because you chose not to spot it. Well, even with that, I could see him like, you know, he is such a, he's a bully in, I think, every regard. Yeah. You I know, think that's and, right. and I think that I watched a, uh, I watched a documentary on him and it was even very much that tone. Of yeah. Like, no, I'm going to like keep pushing till. Well, and none of it has been well handled uh, in terms of PR thus far. Like right. the, their first response was basically, look, I'm sorry. I've got a lot of growing to do, but it's all a lie. And I'm suing the New York Times for millions of dollars. Oh, okay. And then he tried to make an excuse that he came of age in the 60s and 70s. And that wasn't flying with oh, people, it was obviously. A time. And then yesterday, this, uh, this audio leaked from a few years ago of plainly Harvey Weinstein trying to coerce this model, this female model to come into his hotel room with him and watch him take a shower, which seems to be his move. Like <laughs> watch me, it's, take it's a watch shower. me take a shower and uh, massage me are the two creepy things oh he requests. And it's, I listened to the audio and it is thoroughly disturbing. It is watch like, it's really real. And she's keeps telling him, no, she openly says, I'm not comfortable. You touched my breasts yesterday and you shouldn't have done that. Really? And he's like, keeps, he keeps telling her like, I'm not going to do anything. Like it's, why would you, why are you ruining our friendship? It is like, what, the, while is, you watch me shower. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's so, it's so thoroughly upsetting. And so the reason, uh, Damon and Affleck are in trouble is that there was apparently a story cooked up a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, the I think New York Magazine was going to run, and Matt Damon had a hand in stifling that story. Okay, for the sake of his buddy Harvey, uh, Affleck complicit in whatever other ways. Although now people are just starting to say that he himself is a sexual predator. Uh, they're saying this of Jared Leto. They're saying this of so uh, sexual predators now. Harvey Weinstein, Ben Affleck, and Jared Leto. Yeah, and like Louis C.K.'s in trouble because like right. if ever there was a time to come forward with your story yeah. and, and ensure that people are going to listen, yep. it's this week. <laughs> right. You know? This is a crazy week for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not condoning that people not believe right. victims, survivors, whatever the, the going term is. I'm just mm-hmm. saying clearly part of the problem is that people don't listen when, when people try and speak up, except this week they're more apt to listen. On a sports front, did you see the uh, Miami Dolphins head coach – uh, or offensive line coach in trouble. He was uh, on video snorting cocaine and Ugh. telling this stripper that he loved her and saying very <laughs> lewd things to her. And he's like the highest paid offensive line coach in the NFL. I don't know what's stupid or thinking that your your, aunt, your your solutions to your problems lie within cocaine or thinking you actually love a stripper. And then apparently she was like holding the tape for ransom and then released it citing like inequality toward Colin Kaepernick or something. Yeah. So it's like just such a crazy story so far. On a smaller scale, do you know who Andy Signore is? Andy Signor. No. Yeah. So he's like one of the founders and main hosts for Screen Junkies. Their okay. their main flagship program is Honest Trailers. Okay. Right. Um, sure. I know. That. And so they also do a podcast and a, a vidcast that I used to listen to every single week. I just kind of really got tired of it. Mm-hmm. That he hosted called uh, Screen Junkies Movie Fights, where right. they would have this like tournament of uh, debates. Basically, it was like debate club, but it was all movie themed. Um, and he's like a big, chubby, bearded guy. He seemed like kind of a sweet guy. Anyway, he's been fired by Screen Junkies because all kinds of accusations came out that he's a total, pretty much like right along the Harvey Weinstein line, like using his power at a major media company where Kevin Smith and Seth Rogen and Elijah Wood come through yeah. to try and uh, pressure 
uh, young women who came to work there into doing sexual things with him. And he has a wife and... Wow. Yeah. And so he's been fired. He's done. I mean, Weinstein's done too, but he's such a smaller version that there's no bouncing back. He's mm-hmm. not... He doesn't have $180 million to keep him cozy for the rest of his life. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, you never know if they're actually done. Right? Mel Gibson went point. through some stuff and he... That's he, a good point. Didn't, didn't he, like, sexually harass the cop that pulled him over for oh, a DUI? God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. You know, and then, and then look at us, like, five years later. Well, maybe more than that. A little more than that. Probably, like, closer to ten years later. People weren't great about it, to be fair. And no. the world is getting oh, no. better and more sensitive now. Right. So you'd like to think. But, like, I mean, one of the big viral things today is this new Eminem freestyle that I'm sure you watched. Yeah, well, I didn't actually watch it. I just saw some of the lyrics pop up while I was watching it. But Look, it's really good. And there's yeah. no question Eminem is one of the great lyricists of the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I agree with everything he said. Mm-hmm. The rhymes are good, the rhymes are plentiful, and he covers a lot of bases in four minutes between oh. taking a knee and racism and Puerto Rico and uh, every little thing that Trump has gotten wrong. I'm waiting for a but here. But he did neglect to mention sexual predator, sexual assault, sexual harassment, uh, and violence in general. Oh, inciting what Trump, the bad things that Trump has done. Sure, for oh, example, because okay. it's a very Trump-centric piece. Right. Uh, and it's easy to forget that Eminem has a pretty open history with mm-hmm. verbal violence. That's a good point. And physical violence, probably. At least the threat of physical violence. Yeah, definitely. So it's just it, today. I, I I don't know. I had like a little anxiety attack during the show today. Uh, it wasn't. It didn't amount to a whole lot. But I think it was partially brought on by having had a weird amount of coffee this morning, which was unusual. Okay. And also, this, we're being inundated with sadness on the internet. It's everywhere you turn. And on the one hand, I think it's great to be exposed to truth. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's it's so exhausting between Weinstein stuff and hurricane relief stuff and. Well, hurricane stuff first. Yeah. Uh, Las Vegas uh, terror attacks. and Right. So you, you kind of had a panic attack, not about anything that you said, just kind of about the state of the world. No, that's what I've kind of learned is that these things aren't, aren't that frequent for me, right. fortunately, but usually they're not brought on by anything. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of tell myself that. Right. But it's just like my back tenses up and I kind of can't think straight. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. What do you do to remedy that? Wait. You just wait. Yeah. Wait it out. Keep it's doing pretty upsetting. Thing. Happens yeah. on the air every now and then, usually in like the five o'clock hour. Oh, yeah. And not that often, really. Right. And like today, in comparison, wasn't even a particularly bad one. I just right. kind of felt like tense Ugh. and low for about 45 minutes today. Right. Yeah. Anything else going on in Hollywood? Oh, my God. Outside of controversy? Oh, my God. There's got to be some good things. There's got to be some good things. Uh, oh, you want to talk about Rick and Morty and this Szechuan sauce bananagram? Yes. I heard that they were going to open it up for like a day where they served Szechuan sauce. So McDonald's agrees to respond to Rick and Morty fandom and they're going to put out the Szechuan sauce once again. And they get lambasted with people. They just get like, they they get gate crashed at every McDonald's for people who love Rick and Morty trying to get Szechuan, Szechuan sauce. sauce. Sure. Which I'm sure isn't even that good. Mm-hmm. And they run out really quickly and then small riots start to form people uh, are people yeah. are vandalizing people are freaking out and it <laughs> seems to me McDonald's. that though this is a funny show people are being a little friggin weird about rick and morty yeah i would you settle so. down yeah you know yeah it would be cool to get some but i 
I'm not going to be. I I knew that it was happening, but I didn't show up on the doorstep of McDonald's and start breaking windows. I don't even know what they're trying to satisfy in themselves to prove to themselves that they love this show. Like it's culty if people are being violent just to get their hands on a on a, a teriyaki hot sauce. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a little too intense. It's bizarre. Anyway, so that's happening. I feel like maybe out. by the time you've like made the trip over to McDonald's, it's so rare that you get to McDonald's and you actually can't get something. So that alone <laughs> in so itself right. is like, ah, oh, what? Why wouldn't but you then just that get a burger? Piled on the, the novelty of it. It's maybe like, wow, it's just when this, am I going like, to get this opportunity again? It's just this very childish, selfish yeah. uh, fan reaction to a thing that ultimately doesn't matter. Definitely. Like it's dumb. Uh, so Frankie Muniz, Frankie Muniz, mm-hmm. how do you pronounce his name? I've never known. Muniz. Muniz? Yeah. Malcolm in the Middle. He's currently on Dancing with the Stars. Okay. He made some news this week when he came out to announce that he can't remember doing Malcolm in the Middle. He's, I, he's, he's said that before. He's suffered a bunch of uh, concussions, I guess, and he has like huge amounts of memory loss. With what? Uh, well, that's the frustrating thing is that nobody can figure that out. Why? Where are you getting these head injuries from? Well, when he retired from acting after the show ended, he Got became driving. Uh, yeah, he became like a race car driver. Yeah. So I don't know if he had like a couple Maybe accidents or something. His head around a bit there. Could have happened. Because I think he posted on Reddit like, "Haha, watch rewatching um, Malcolm in the Middle and and realizing how much I can't remember of yeah. taping it." And I just thought, you know, you do seven seasons of anything, you don't remember a whole lot of it. Hi, Becky. Yeah, Okay, there you go. Oh, uh, that's probably what it's from. Yeah. Between that and, you know, football players. I know. He's one of the statistics. Yeah, you're right. So he's that, CTE, uh, tell the truth. That Will Smith movie. Yeah, about, Concussion. About, yeah, is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't called Concussion. Yeah, it was. Really? That's yeah. the worst title. That's no way it was called Concussion. I'm pretty sure it was called Let's Concussion. Let's look it up. Man. If it's called Concussion, I'm never trusting Will Smith. Tell the truth. Will Smith. Him just doing his best uh, ambiguous accent. Uh, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I'm starting to think maybe it was called Concussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. He was in Annie. He was in Annie? Oh, he was the writer of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. Um, <laughs> yes. Most famous. Oh, oh, I'm looking at Soundtrack. Collateral Beauty, it was, in fact, called Concussion. Everybody uh, listening to the podcast was going, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. Remember that time you didn't know who Liam Neeson was? <laughs> yeah, this was your moment. This was that moment for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's kind That's of sad about, about Frankie Muniz. But I heard him on an interview a little while back, and he was really charming. I kind of always thought maybe he was a bit of a, a jerk bag. Oh, really? Yeah. No, was, I'd he, be interested to hear what that. I want to see him on Comedians in Cars Getting Golf. <laughs> He'll just be, like, riding a race car around. He spoke very highly for of Brian. For some reason, we have Frankie Muniz. He spoke very highly of Brian Cranston, as one sure. would, I think. Yeah. But anyway, hopefully he's doing okay. He's dancing with the stars now, or I guess he <laughs> is the star. Uh, it became the biggest horror movie of all time. Wow. It passed. Can you guess? Big, oh, uh, I feel like it maybe like The Ring. It was the same movie in the number one spot on the horror charts for 18 years. Does that help? For 18 years? Adjusted for inflation. Um... 18 years. What what year is the release date? Do you know? 18 years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it was the highest grossing overall from 18 years ago. Uh, oh. Uh, what Lies Beneath is also in the top five. Blair Witch Project is up there. Oh, I was going to say Blair Witch Project. The Exorcist is up there. What Lies Beneath was that high? 
What lies beneath is number five, I think. Well, We've I named remember, four now. I remember the that top being five. terrifying. And now uh, number okay, two. Okay, I was going to say the Blair Witch Project would definitely be it. So it'd be 2000, well, It's not quite as classic as that, but it is a classic now. Like, Blair Witch Project and The Exorcist are like the two essential horror films, right? Yeah. This is not as classic as that. It's not like Scream, is it? Nope. 18 years ago. Although that's, I guess, probably a little more than 18 years ago. Um... What if I said twist? Oh, Sixth Sense. It yeah. was indeed the Sixth Sense. Yeah. It was number one for 18 years, and now it is number one. Yeah. $294 million. Crazy. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, I, we've been following a little bit uh, Jeopardy just the last few days. Remember when you and I lived together and we would watch Jeopardy every yeah, night? Yeah, I love when I still catch Jeopardy. Me too. I go in and out of phases of just like devouring Jeopardy. Yep. And it's kind of zeitgeisty right now. Because they've got a champ who is proving to be a bit of a folk hero. This guy, Austin Rogers. Austin Rogers is his name. Okay. He's this bartender from New York. Great. Uh, and he's a brainiac and brilliant. And he's had, I think, about $400 million as of tonight. Um, $400 million? No, $400,000. <laughs> okay, $400,000. $400 million. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, $400,000. And... Uh, he is very charismatic and weird and he's just there's something about him that's odd and people are really attaching themselves cool. to, to the charm and charisma of austin rogers sweet yeah so i can get in on the austin rogers hype right now do it now he's still he's still in it perfect but he's been on for a while and it's not gonna last forever so, so get kind of buying high on austin rogers that's okay and just trying to follow it through that's right awesome Yep. I hope he lasts for like another couple weeks. There's a cool thing about Jeopardy where even if you aren't inclined to like somebody, when they're the champion, you root for them. Yeah. I don't know if you found that. Yeah, there's some some people especially and other people where like, you know, kind of the more humble ones especially or quirky ones. Yeah. But yeah, they need to have something kind of memorable. But it's them. hard to figure anything out about these characters just from the way they play a quiz show. And you get like a little story when right. Alex comes back from the first commercial break that kind of gives you an idea of how cocky or nerdy they might be right so you burned your pants at prom <laughs> yeah it was pretty crazy it. alex yeah and then uh, that's how i met my husband and he'll be like talk about eating up darla connor is a 24 year old accountant from <laughs> is there any uh compilations of him just completely burning people I'm sure there are because like, he's oh, pretty sassy. Should have had that one. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite like, thing Trebek does, which is so subtly judgmental, is when somebody says an answer or a question that he deems really wrong, yeah. and he doesn't just say no. He goes, "Oh no." Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, oh no. Right. Oh no. Like yeah. he really was. He was really hoping for you, and then you like you gave out that garbage. Right. And oh no. Yeah, and and you love when he's like very critical of how much people are wagering at the end of the show like mm. sometimes he's kind of because it doesn't make sense you you win like what's the winning price like ten thousand dollars and otherwise you like if you're losing why aren't you just betting everything that's not you're, true that's only the case when they do like special tournaments like college or um teachers tournaments or whatever uh, celebrities when they're playing for charity so that nobody walks away empty-handed but you win the prize dollar that you earned on jeopardy if you're playing the regular that's true yeah oh. yeah like like if, if my winning total was 17 grand i'd add 17 grand to my that's how like really? the, i just watched i didn't see tonight's austin rogers but i just watched last night's and he finished with a, a grand total thus far of 393 
Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I've been proven wrong. And yes, you shouldn't wager all your money. So you can you can end in third place and still be like, oh, whatever. I'm going home with seven grand. I don't know. I don't know if uh, second and third place win money. Oh, it's just the first place. I think. Oh, okay. But it's not like a set, uh, boiled down, rounded up, round, rounded down total of right. twenty five grand or whatever. Right. Okay. In any case, I assume you would want to, if you were thinking you were otherwise going to be in second place, just put all your chips on the table. I think so. I think so. It depends on the category. Right. I think. Because you, you, you place your bet just knowing the category, not the actual answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, man. I'm just thinking if... Eh, anyways, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, Jeopardy. What, whatever. I'm going to start watching it again. Have you seen the new Star Wars trailer yet? No, I didn't watch it. I intentionally didn't watch it because of our conversation. Me too. Did you? Okay. No, it's been a couple of days now, and it's kind of hurting because part of my job is to comb through the internet for whatever's popular, right. and one of the only rays of light on the internet this week is the, <laughs> the excitement over a new trailer. Star Wars trailer, which is apparently pretty good. And director Ryan Johnson had the, the nerve to tweet again yeah. that we shouldn't look at it, right. but it's good. But he says, but what it's a, good. What a jerk. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I might end up watching it before. And part of it is because I've just been kind of busy. Yeah. But they were teasing it so hard on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Like, oh my God, every other commercial. Well, it's the first full-length trailer for a movie that comes out in only two months. It's pretty, oh, but it, but it's apparently pretty yeah, that, spoilery. That adds some uh, some extra extra stuff to it. But but I, yeah, I, I don't want to watch it. I want to go in completely blind. I really want to also. The first movie is already kind of a spoiler, <laughs> you know? You mean The Force Awakens? Yeah. Well, how do you mean? Well, I just mean you kind of know where it's going. You know, Luke's going to be in it, and I don't want to know anything I mean, you know that. that, but I don't... I think, I, I don't know, I'm assuming Kylo Ren's probably going to be in it, but... Well, yeah, I mean, all the characters are coming back. It's not like a start over. It's well, a sequel. Well, Kylo Ren could have conceivably been killed in the first episode. No, no, we already knew that he's coming back. But... We don't know anything about the storyline, and they're saying it's going to be a little bit darker than previous Star Wars sure. movies. The thing that's weird about Star Wars, and the main reason I don't subscribe to the charge that The Force Awakens is too formulaic and it's too much like the original you movies. You don't subscribe story. to that? I don't subscribe to that because Star Wars is formulaic. The same with Back to the Future. If they had, but you just said it wasn't formulaic. I don't. No, that's not what I said. I don't. I don't subscribe to the charge. That it that is formulaic. I don't think it's a bad thing. Because you think it's formulaic. I think it's. I think it follows the Star Wars formula. Right. But I don't think that makes it predictable. No, I don't think so either. If they made the mistake of making a fourth Back to the Future movie, mm-hmm. and it didn't have a scene where some iteration of Biff told some iteration of a McFly, I thought I told you never to come in here. They would have made the mistake of not following the formula of Back to the Future. And any other number of examples in that series. But... In the case of Star Wars, eventually they're going to have to break the formula in order for us to not get a little bit predictive. Right. Yeah, I think that I I don't know. What are they what are they going to do? They've already had a Star Wars movie where they killed everyone. I guess it was kind of a prequel. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, none of those were like main characters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, unless the series ends with the bad guys kind of winning. Could happen. Or, you know, one thing they haven't... I mean, I was going to say one thing they haven't done yet is turn the good guy bad, but that's really not true. That is a main plot point in the prequel trilogy. Yeah, in the but like, But, but you it knew would it was be, coming. You knew it was coming. It would, be, it would be pretty shocking and upsetting if Rey honestly turned bad. Whoa, wouldn't that be crazy? Right? 
or the, or it could go the other way. Kylo Ren could turn good. They could fall in love. They could be the romance. That would be interesting. What's John Boyega's name again? Uh, uh, is he um, Finn? Finn. Finn. Yeah. Yeah. What if Finn turned bad? What if? Oh, I think that's a definite possibility. Yeah. I also think he's super gonna die. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's gonna happen. Interesting. For sure. All right. Well, I can't wait to find out. I also cannot wait. But not watch the trailer. I'm not gonna watch the trailer. It comes out soon enough. I'm just gonna have to hold my breath. Mm-hmm. New trailer came out for Molly's Game. I'm excited for that. That's the new Sorkin movie. Okay. It's really right. really good. Yep. Uh, I saw uh, Kingsman on the weekend. Oh. Did you know about this get that they have in it? Yeah, of course. You do? Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't even know about it until take, we went in. Take it a step further. Taron Edgerton's going to play Elton John in the movie. In Kingsman? In the Rocket Man movie. Biopic. Wait, who, who is that the guy who, the main guy in the... Yeah. Wow. When you said get just now, you meant Elton John. I meant Elton John yeah, being okay. all in the movie like, yeah, yeah. the entire time. Yeah, they're pals because they're going to do each other's movies. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And sorry, uh, the the name you just mentioned is the main character. In... Taron Edgerton is the guy in Kingsman. Right. Because we were trying to figure out, has he been in anything else? I mean, he's kind of been focused on Kingsman, right? It was his right. big breakout role. Some yeah. people have tossed his name around for James Bond. I think he's too youthful and already mm-hmm. playing a renegade super yeah, hero secret agent character. character. Um, but yeah, I hadn't seen the new Kingsman movie. I heard it wasn't that good, actually. Really? Mm. I mean, it was just as fun as the first one. It had all the same same kind of things, plus yeah. Elton John. Yeah. What more can you want? And if you didn't know that Elton John was in it... It was kind of hilarious. It made it so much better. I'm surprised you didn't know because it wasn't a secret. No, I know. For the past couple of months, I've just like, we've been over this on the show. Everything has been a surprise for me. That must be so nice. I'm like a baby. It must be so great. You can tell me anything. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, cool. Yeah. No, my friend Duncan is like that. Like, I'll go, like, he, and he loves to talk popular culture with me too, but like, I'm supposed to hang out with him tomorrow night. And I'll mention something, and I'll have to backtrack and explain him the whole backstory behind who Harvey Weinstein is or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Must be a nice way to live, though, to always have the world surprising you. <laughs> kind of. Instead, I'm just sitting alone in front of a computer, learning things by <laughs> knowing myself. Knowing it before everyone else. Yeah. Well, just, we should have a list of slainy surprises every week. Because <laughs> I used to be on top of it, too, but now I'm just falling further away from it. That's okay. You're a busy guy. You're a homeowner. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Come come with a list of slainy surprises, things that I might not know. I think I already do come with a list yeah, of slainy surprises do. every week. That's the We're first just half call of the podcast. Entertainment news slainy surprises. <laughs> you want to do shows? Sure. We're a little early into this thing to do shows, but we seem to be chugging along okay. Uh, it's my turn to go first, and I guess the natural uh, starting point is the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Cover that one first, then we'll get to the other one later. Okay. Um, so give me my my thirty second timer. I'll try and recap the pilot episode. Okay. Of the biggest comedy on television. Currently in its 11th season on CBS. Alrighty. A mass family favorite called The Big Bang Theory. I'm going to go on go. All right. On three, two, one, go. Sheldon and Leonard are roommates and they're both uh, scientists and they seem to be kind of loners and awkward and into nerd culture. Beautiful neighbor moves in across the hall. Uh, Leonard has an instant crush on her. She comes over. Uh, she sits in Sheldon's seat. She takes a shower because her shower isn't working. Then she asks Leonard if he would mind going to her ex-boyfriend's house and getting her TV because she wants it back. They go there. The boyfriend kind of bullies them, takes their pants, doesn't get them the TV. Uh, they come back and she says, thank you, guys. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't very good. No, that was 
pretty much it. It's kind of a mess. Man, the whole show's a mess. <laughs> that's that's the show. Why do I feel so inclined to hate the Big Bang Theory? Because for years it wasn't uncool to like the Big Bang Theory, and now it's it's not cool. I don't know. I just think it became a thing with shows with laugh tracks. Like yeah. once Thirty Rock came out, and then you know The Office and all those shows, it was like, oh, we're really onto something here. But I think of like How I Met Your Mother, which I mean, it might be a little bit formulaic, also, and a little bit cookie cutter, but it had a cool factor that the Big it Bang Theory doesn't have. It had a cool factor have. for sure because there was such a. But it's the same era. Yeah, but there was something about, you know, hiding future plot points in shows. Yeah, it was more clever. And yeah, it was just super clever. It was it was like, you know, reading a choose your own adventure novel. This is what's always been the paradox for me with Chuck Lorre and the Big Bang Theory is that he's so famously a lazy storyteller and mm-hmm. so heavily leans on these storytelling tropes. Mm-hmm. And yet so much effort goes into creating clever dialogue in the Big Bang Theory. And I don't mean like it's it's really uh, rapid fire, ping pong, exciting Shakespearean dialogue. Right. I just mean like a lot of research goes into crafting the sentences of the things these scientists have to say. And that seems like more time than Chuck Lorre traditionally is is willing to put in. Well, yeah, and you can make the argument that once you kind of eliminate the laugh track and the three camera vibe, when you watch Young Sheldon, it seems a little bit fresher. Yeah. You know, it's got, you don't feel as guilty laughing at it. No, I didn't either. But I didn't laugh a whole lot. <laughs> no. But, well, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But with the Big Bang Theory, it's just, you, you know, there are times where it surprises you and you are kind of like, huh, no, that is funny. And early on, like, I watched the first few seasons of it and I just started to feel like it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And it started to feel sad that these, like, PhD tenured uh, fancy scientists are still, like, sharing crappy apartments. Yeah. And, like, eating Thai food every night and... Right. I'm not judging lifestyle. It's just like, when are they gonna, when are they gonna grow up? Did it seem to you after watching the pilot that you know, Sheldon, who's so famously like non-feeling, it mm. seems like they didn't really have that completely in the first episode. They definitely didn't because no. he says something like, "Don't say that. You're not gonna die alone." Yeah, and that's not something he would say. You're right. In current day Big Bang Theory, you're right. You know, he's got a very cold. So they that clearly just developed. They they took that into almost like you know we use Chris Pratt sometimes as a as an example and like where's Andy gonna go and then he yeah. kind of like takes a whole you know Parks and Rec kind of did that with all of their characters. The yeah. Sheldon thing was like let's make him basically autistic. Yeah, and there have been a lot of experts and non experts and uh, autistic people themselves who have claimed that clearly Sheldon is exhibiting. Uh, symptoms of being on the spectrum and right. Chuck Lorre and the creators have adamantly said no he's not and right. I think maybe they just don't want the responsibility of that mm-hmm. so they say no he's not right. but in not taking on that mantle then they're kind of just doing a gag about people with autism I mean just just saying that they like writing a character who clearly has leprosy mm-hmm. such a horrible comparison I don't really, <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean to compare the afflictions I just mean to have a burden right. that makes that makes you socially uh, an outcast of some kind mm-hmm. uh, writing a character who exhibits all the symptoms of leprosy for example and saying he's not <laughs> a leper like right. you're just like you're just getting you're just getting yourself out of an awkward situation so I just I find that lazy mm-hmm. there's another one early on early line uh, of dialogue um, it opens with them at the sperm bank. 
they're gonna yeah. s- they're gonna sell their specimen, which is not in character. It's not characteristic at all. No, that's what I was wondering. Like it was just such a weird way to open the show. I, yeah, I double checked that I was watching the pilot. Yeah, because I'm like, is this something that they do? Like again, and and it was almost kind of nice because it's it wasn't so formulaic. Again, it wasn't like a, you know we're getting Thai food, we're going back, we're sitting and doing this thing that we always do. Yeah. You know, they're going to try to donate sperm, potentially. They're sitting in the waiting room. At a high IQ sperm bank. Yeah, they're sitting in the waiting room, and Sheldon says to Leonard, Leonard, I don't think I can do this. And Leonard says, what are you talking about? You're practically a semi-pro. Right. And I was like, so so now not only does Sheldon masturbate, but like he's got like strong sexual urges, even <laughs> right. though it becomes like one of, the, one of the main characteristics of this person that he has no sexuality whatsoever. Right. Yes. He basically has no feelings. Yeah, so that didn't really check out for me. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And I don't watch the show enough to know that. But I thought, I don't think he's like known as a horn dog. Mm-mm. No. Even in private. He thinks like, it's futile. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh, another character who doesn't stick to the way she is is Penny. Who's like very ditzy in this first episode? Yeah. She's like not ditzy in later episodes of the Big, Big Bang Theory. And I mean, like, very immediately they update her to, to not be as book smart as the nerds i suppose but to have the street smarts that they don't have right and to be more confident and mm-hmm. just uh, to understand the world better than which, them which i think they have to do well it's a better uh juxtaposition for sure well and and to, to be like the only female character on the show and be a total moron and she was the only female character on the show for uh, at least half of the series and then they brought in Bernadette and and Maya and Bialik, uh, right. the Amy character. Mm-hmm. Actually, both of those characters are pretty strong in that you can't really imagine what the show would be like without them. Right. It's just a better balance. Yeah. And a- at least when you bring Amy, Amy Farrah Fowler? Amy Farrah Fowler, yeah. Um, at least once you bring her in, you know, there's another genius on the show. Yeah. Another female genius yeah. on the show. So you e- kind of have Even both. Melissa Roach, who plays... Uh, uh, Bernadette, her character's like a brainiac. Right, she's too. like a... Is she in, like, physics or something? I don't know. Does she work with... Anyway. I have no idea. Yeah. It's a very stunt-casty show. Yeah. It's a lot of, like, celebrity cameos. Mm-hmm. I always found that. Well, I, I saw an Elon Musk uh, cameo one time. Really? Yeah, he was actually in it. Oh, Lord. Yep. Two, uh, two references, two terms, two terms used in this pilot episode that... Uh, really show how dated the show is. And it's interesting because uh, it's it's amazing to me that I can remember the start of this show and yet it's been on for 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. Like that seems unfathomable to me. Right. Uh, but I remember watching the pilot like when it was on. Two terms that really date this pilot. Did you pick up on them? Um, was one talking about the 200 pound transvestite? Yeah, transvestite is one of them. Right. But the last person who lived in Penny's apartment, you can't say transvestite on TV anymore. No. And, yep. and make it like, yeah, this is clearly an upgrade. This is the right word. Pound, pound transvestite with a mm. skin condition. Now, the, people would have their pitchforks out now. The other one? Um, no, I might have missed it. I have friends on MySpace. Oh, yes. No, I, I totally caught that. Yeah. I don't even know if MySpace was popular at that point. I don't think it was. I think 11 years ago, Facebook was kicking off, especially in California where they were. Yeah. Yeah, although MySpace still would have been at the top of the 11 years ago, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Was there a lot of overlap between the two? Well, or no. had MySpace kind of already died? Yeah, it had died at that point. Because yeah. 11 years ago, like, was... Yeah, I was... I don't know. Facebook was kind of just kicking off. I like, got Facebook in, f- in February of, of, 20, of 2007. So 
Yeah. Ten and a half years ago. And I was, I think, a, a little bit earlier, like October. Yeah. Huh. No, actually, I would have been 2006. Okay. Yeah, October 2006. Beat ya. Yeah. But it's not about that. <laughs> not right. about who got Facebook So it's not first. why we're here tonight. <laughs> no. Uh, why is this show called The Big Bang Theory? I don't know. I was trying to think. Like, I thought maybe they explained it a little bit in the first in that scene where he says he says something about like understanding the big bang theory or what happened there is one reference to the expression the big bang theory i think it's in like the final act when they're at penny's ex-boyfriend's house trying to get the tv back he says something highfalutin and academic and then he says the big bang he just says the big bang not even the big bang theory right but he kind of he kind of makes it like i understand what happened after the big bang and then it it shows that he clearly doesn't get life because he's like trying okay. to pull on or he can't get into the So is that a metaphor the for for the premise of the show? I think so that they're super smart. They understand these things, right. but then the girl guides can get into the apartment easier than they can. Right. And so think about that over the course of the show. And I don't know if that's a direct connection to the conversation I have about I'm the just Big trying Bang. to. Th- I'm trying to. Like, I, no, really I appreciate that. I'm just not sure if that's exactly when it came up. Mm-hmm. I, I just. I remember having a hard time grounding it, and I. I tried to mm-hmm. find the double entendre in the term the Big Bang Theory. Like, if you right. look at what the Big Bang Theory is, it's this uh, alleged moment in history mm-hmm. when everything shattered and became different. Right. So I mean. Oh, maybe the. Well, maybe the Penny big, moving in. Big Bang was yeah. Penny moving in. Yeah, but like that's. It wasn't like earth shattering yeah is leonard married to penny now yeah they're married on the show do they have a kid i don't think so okay i don't think so and sheldon just got engaged to amy fair fowler correct and she said yes i know that was a thing all through the summer like what's she gonna say oh please yeah yeah i know it was funny like leading into the the uh season premiere it was like what is amy gonna say yeah i don't i don't think there was any any question what she was going to say and I haven't seen it in a long time but I think we've got that figured out yeah. that's my problem with this show is that it takes too long for them to develop mm-hmm. like, well it's been on for like f- 11 years they're in their 11th they're, they're 11 already season. definitely doing 12 and we'll see after it's that it's too much it's way too much Ugh. it's way too much. much like if Friends and Seinfeld didn't do it as a rule you should not do it well and Friends was on a little too long yeah yeah. So there you go. Yeah, but they're making money and people are still watching. You, it's like people tune in for this stuff. I know. Somebody How asked did two and a half men go for eleven. I think it went for eleven too. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Because they're making money and there's an audience for for lowest common denominator entertainment. I don't mean to insult people who watch The Big Bang Theory. I just don't think there's any illusion that it's like really like craft. Right. Right. It kind of reminds you of like you know when you were a little. And people would be like, oh, I got to get home and watch Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's definitely people calling it Sheldon. Yeah, there are lots of grandmothers calling it Sheldon. Yeah. Somebody asked I me. I some, watching Sheldon. Some people don't know any different than network TV, too. Like, somebody asked me the other day at work, uh, did you see The Big Bang Theory last night? And I'm not sure yeah. why they asked me that. And I said, no. And then, and then she said, did you tape it? And I was like, first of all, I haven't taped anything in, like, a decade. <laughs> did you tape it? Yeah, like with a VCR. and I was like, no, like to this person, it was unfathomable that I wouldn't at least watch The Big Bang Theory as often as possible, and so 
this is all some people i don't I, it's, it sounds so pretentious i sound so elitist with my with my entertainment consumption i don't mean to i'm just saying there's a very large i would say largely middle american fan base for this kind of program totally and so it can stay on as long as it's making money yep do you think they're okay with sheldon being uh um uh what is the breakout star no i was gonna say uh so anti-religion because it's probably it's probably a lot of people in the Bible Belt and the Rust Belt. Yeah, Rust but Belt. I think it's played off in a very safe comedic way. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I think even in even in Young Sheldon, they kind of play it safe. I think it's even safer in Young Sheldon. Yeah. I think that it. Yeah, they they actually. Well, I have some thoughts on that. Are we done? Are we done with? Uh, I Big think Bang so. Theory. They. I mean, how long can you talk about the Big Bang Theory? Eleven years, apparently. Ugh. The original working title for the show was Lenny, Kenny, and and Penny. I almost said Spenny. Lenny, Penny, and Kenny. So Sheldon's name was going to be Kenny. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I, w- I would have. <laughs> like, so stupid. I think that would have been better. It just sounds if like we they came up here with a funny title. Lenny, Penny, and Kenny versus the Big Bang Theory. I just think, you know what. You're you are what you are. You yeah. are what you're saying you are. That's you're a Lenny Penny and That's Kenny. true. It's a bet it's a more apt title. You know. You know what the best part of the Big Bang Theory is? That what? theme song. Yeah. That thing is still good. Bare Naked Ladies. Bare got Naked together. Ladies. Original theme song. The original theme song is kind of a gone by concept. hmm Do we know for sure what autotrophs are? Autotrophs are um I I read this today. Uh the what's the line about autotrophs? Uh Autotrophs began, began to, to drool. drool. Yeah. Hey Siri, what are autotrophs? Here's what I found on the web for what are autotrophs. Those Have are a look. Autotrophs. It's no good. <laughs> Siri, you failed us. Hey Siri, what are autotrophs? Okay, I found this on the web for what are autotrophs. Take a look. It's not right either. <laughs> You're useless. Uh, uh, well, it's almost like talking to Sheldon. We gave it a shot. <laughs> that should have been a plot line. Instead of bringing in Maya Bialik, he should have had her have a relationship with Siri. Her style. Yeah, just yeah. like Joaquin Phoenix. There's a whole episode where they just go down the her road. <laughs> it gets really dark and sad. That would be cool. Yeah. See, that would make me like The Big Bang Theory more. Lenny, Penny, and Kenny. Lenny, Penny, and Kenny... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm calling it from now on. And Denny, I'm calling it for what it is. You want to move on? Yep. Sure. I feel like I feel like I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not bringing it tonight. I feel like I'm not providing much. I think my sugar might be lowering a little bit, so I'm gonna try to. We're also having a hard second. time making time in the last few weeks. I don't know why, but like a couple of months well, it's ago, because we're not taking the the shows that we want to take as much. We're doing it because it's like, okay, you know, we need to talk about the Big Bang. It's an interesting note, Sheldon. That's an interesting. We're not note. like, oh my god, it's Stranger Things, you know? Okay, but that, that must be because there aren't any good shows coming out right now. There's just network pilots happening right now. That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't think we're neglecting the entertainment we want to talk about. No, no, I don't think so either. Okay. I think if, we, if there were shows on that we wanted to talk about, we'd be talking about it. It's just interesting that it's pilot season and we're finding it so dull. Yeah. Did you get through Big Mouth? I, yeah, I finished it last night. I We have like one episode left and I find it so funny. Me too. It gets funnier and funnier. It does. It never ceases to shock me though. Yeah. There are some moments in it where I'm just like, my jaw hits the floor. I'm like, I can't believe they went there. Yep. And they even kind of address that in the finale. I won't spoil it, but they kind of like... 
they do a couple of moments throughout the season where they look at the camera the, a little yeah, bit. They and just, they're like, you know you're watching this. Yeah. 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 They reference the callbacks and they break the fourth wall oh, and they talk about how you're binge watching it. Stop right now. quoting your dad's law commercials. Yeah. It's my favorite reoccurring <laughs> joke. Happens in every single one. I love it. Yeah. All right. So the next one is, of course, Young Sheldon, which, I mean, we'll, we'll try and we'll try and bring it to the hour. You might be right. You might, we might have to really go for something we really feel passionate about next week to, to re-engage. Because about a month or two ago, we were doing podcasts that were like 120, 125 every right. week. And now we're down to like 58 minutes. But it was easy because we, like, you know, Mr. Robot's coming back. But we've already covered Mr. Robot. Like, what are we going to do next? Well, we've become a podcast that introduces new shows as much as anything else. That's true. And, you know, if we haven't covered it before and it's starting its second season, we can do the pilot episode of whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or that can inspire the two original 100 series episodes we do, I guess. Yeah, this is probably the first week in a while we're covering a 100, a top 100 show. Totally. Well, let's try to find what we're doing in the next episode because I, I do want to go on with that, that thought of... Finding someone on the cast that we can talk to. Yeah. Anyone. Just cast like, or crew. Sorry, I should emphasize crew yeah. because I don't think we're going to get anyone from the cast. <laughs> I think we're going to get like a key grip, yeah. which would be fine. Although shout out to the actor who plays Maggie on Me, Myself, and I, who liked our tweet at Show Show Podcast last week. Now, was Maggie... I don't know. Was Maggie the one from the uh, the the one who was Bobby Moynihan's ex-wife i don't know that's who i thought she maybe might be, but maybe maybe she was the one who was in the newsroom no she's not that person because oh, i didn't recognize her okay i'm not even sure she was in the pilot i feel like the ex-wife has a uh, a foothold in the improv comedy world okay well that might be who it is then because this actor has been on like comedy bang bang yeah and, like, a bunch of little bit parts yeah you said that and, well and i think that's what made me think it Okay, well, let's uh, let's recap Young Sheldon. Okay. I'm going to try and have a lot of enthusiasm for this show. Okay. You're so see you it through rose-colored glasses. Brighten up for this okay. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lighten up, buddy. Okay. Young Sheldon in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Young Sheldon lives with his mother, father, and uh, brother, and uh, twin sister. They live in Alabama, I Texas. believe. Texas. And uh, he is just skipping out of elementary school and going straight to high school. Sure. Um, he's nine years old, and uh, his older brother is in a lot of classes with him. His dad's actually a football coach at the school, and he's trying to navigate uh, what to do, but not not being sensitive to any of the teachers at all. He's calling them out. Which I guess was characteristic. Yes. I think that's cool, but... My biggest issue with this show is that they almost seem to be actively trying for it not to connect to the Big Bang Theory. Couldn't they have tossed us one Bazinga or one Soft Kitty Warm Kitty? Right. Couldn't they have done that? Wouldn't that have been immensely satisfying if he was like really sad after his first day of school and his mom sang him Soft Kitty Warm Kitty? Is that a thing? Yeah, Yeah, it's a big thing in Big Bang Theory. It's it's, it's a whole thing about how his mom used to sing him this song when he was sad or sick. So they were sticking to the fact that his mom was like his best friend. Yes. Like, that was, like, his mom was his security blanket. Fun fact. The actor playing uh, Mary, who is Sheldon's mom, mm-hmm. is an actress named Zoe Perry. She's the daughter of Laurie Metcalf, who plays Sheldon's mom in The Big Bang Theory. Oh, wow. It's kind of cool, actually. Did they, like, intentionally go for that? Or? I imagine. I don't yeah. imagine it's a coincidence. Right. Um, yeah. Other than that, you know, he was... Uh, the kid was obviously super antagonistic toward 
his brother and sister. The twin sister was actually, I thought she had the best comedic timing. She was, yeah, she was funny. She was the funniest. The son of a bitch. Yeah. The kitchen table was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, well, if they're sitting in church, like a good example of Chuck Lorre writing mm-hmm. is, I said this to Becky, they're sitting in church and uh, something in the, in the homily about, uh, evil about thoughts. evil thoughts. And yeah. Sheldon kind of gets hung up on this idea of evil thoughts. And he asks his mother, do you ever have evil, evil thoughts? And she kind of shuts him up and he asks his sister, do you ever have evil, evil thoughts? <laughs> and she says, I'm having one now. And that's a great joke. Yeah. But then further, he goes, what do you mean? And she's like, I want to punch you in the balls. I want to so kick it, you in the balls. <laughs> I was like, you wrecked it. But you, then, you took then, it too far. It was, but, it was, you already had that joke, and there was a mystery there. Yeah, you're right. You killed it. But then he says, well, they haven't descended yet. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. I don't know. I kind of felt like he didn't evoke Jim Parsons at all. And I don't know if it was his job to, but it, I, didn't, I didn't connect the two. Well, I think that's the thing is it's so hard to connect Jim Parsons with, you know, he's playing such a specific character with such a specific accent and attitude right but he's the kid's like super theatrical i don't know if you've seen any of his like youtube videos i haven't no he's gonna be like a broadway star one day because he's like i'm fabulous and i'm singing he's flamboyant yeah yeah i and that's fine but i mean they should have cast somebody who would evoke jim parsons i think well i think that's the only thing we need i think it was a case of them just going and finding the most talented child actor they could find. Not necessarily some, right. the, the child actor who could replicate Jim Parsons. To best. take it a step further, the show didn't do him any favors. And they have this whole thing about him needing to have his bow tie and him wearing a button-up that's tucked into his little slacks. Right. Sheldon doesn't dress like that no, as any, an adult. If anything, he's like super sloppy. Like yeah. He's almost wearing like pajama pants and, and, and cartoon... Uh, Green Lantern t-shirts. Green Lantern t-shirts, yeah. Yeah, and in fact, they really had no references to his adolescent affinity for nerd popular culture whatsoever. No, I was wondering that. Why didn't they like talk about it? Well, maybe it's something that they're planning on getting into. He gets into comic books later as a teenager or something. I mean, that's possible, but it just seems like he's strictly academic. I bet they'll actually cover that this season because that would be a good like thing if, you know, he's dealing with how do I, like maybe the mom saying like, okay, well, this is Flash and Flash's thing is, yeah, and and he learns all these strengths to cope with school. Well, that's great storytelling. You should work on this show because I don't know if I give them enough credit to to involve such a such a device. Well, hey, if we can talk to the key grip on, <laughs> text us at one eight eight show show, and uh, we'll set up the meeting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I see it going. I, it seems like the kind of thing that's just going to be grandfathered into minimum five seasons. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it needs that. I, I did notice in the first episode of The Big Bang Theory, there's this discussion about, it's this little factoid about if you change the height of a stair by just like two millimeters, two millimeters, people will trip. Mm-hmm. And he says, I proved it when I was 12 years old. I didn't know that Sheldon and young Sheldon was only nine. I kind of hoped that he was 12 so yeah. they could put that in the pilot and there would be references to the pilot in the pilot. Yeah. I would have thought that's clever. Of course, they couldn't even land that. Well, I th- I'm sure they like would have thought about it, but they thought, okay, who's watching the show? Most common denominator. They're not going to know. They're not going to get any of the references that we're trying to make because no one who- who's a big Big Bang Theory fan is like memorizing episodes of Big Bang. Theory. I don't know, man. That's exactly the kind of show that plays on Peachtree TV all day, every day. Yeah, but it's not like you know, it's not like a 
I don't want to call it like a cult type thing, no. like community where you could reference an exact thing. No, it's the opposite. It's very broad. Totally. But so it you, but it will it will play in syndication forever and ever and over and over. Yes, but but no one who's watching that pilot episode where you're trying to get the biggest buy-in is going to be like, oh, that's a joke from the other pilot. It just seems like an easy parallel an easy to make. Yeah. It just seems like an easy thing to do. I know. Like I, in, I honestly in, didn't expect it, though. Like in that 70s show, when in the first circle, Hyde is talking about a car that runs on water. And in the series finale, they're in the circle, and he talks about a car that's running on water. Right. And you don't really pick up on it unless you know. Yeah. And it's very satisfying if you know. Right. I kind of wonder, going back to our discussion about, uh, say, the religious right that might be, or the middle American right that might be into these kinds of shows, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of wonder how American Southerners in general feel about their accent and their religion and their lifestyle being the symbol of stupidity in young Sheldon. Because that's what they're they're the antagonist, right? Right. Everything that is ordinary and churchly and social is antagonistic to our darling Sheldon who we root for. And the line he has about his mother was like, Hey, she's, she's not an idiot. She's just gullible. Yeah. Is that what he says? Yeah. That's what he says. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was trying to endear those people like, Oh, maybe we're all just gullible. And this child genius is also, I didn't like the fact that he was a child prodigy at everything. Yeah, it's like, not. It's like, not believable. It's not, it's not a part of him that he's no. like, you know, a, an, a great musician, concert pianist, he's got perfect pitch, right? But he says musicians do drugs, so I don't want to do it. Like, he plays the theremin up. in The Big Bang Theory. Does he? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, I, I don't know if it completely vibed with what I. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I was never gonna like the show. No. But I liked it more, I think, than I liked The Big Bang. I just find it so grossly unrealistic that they put a nine-year-old in high school because he's academically there, even though he's clearly beyond that. Right. Like, he would have a private teacher if he... Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess they state that they can't afford that, but, like, he would need special instructors. Well, when does he go to boarding school? Because doesn't... Don't they reference that in the pilot, too? I don't know. Do they? Yeah. I'm, uh, Leonard says at one point, like, didn't you go to boarding school? And, oh no, I missed that. Yeah, and I was like, "Is this going to be him?" No, it's not him in boarding school. It's him in high school. So, so big question. That At some point, are they going to work us towards young Sheldon meeting young Leonard? No, I don't think. Oh wait, when did they start becoming friends? I don't know. I don't know if it's addressed in the Big Bang Theory because I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. They probably have addressed how they met. Yeah. But if they haven't, or if they've been vague about it, again for the member berries, it seems right. like it would be tremendously satisfying. Even if it's not until the series finale, six years down the road, when Young Sheldon finally calls it quits, mm-hmm. do they have him go off to college and he meets Sheld or Leonard? That would be nice. Maybe. And does the timeline work out like? Oh, I don't know. Is because he's nine years old, and I was trying to think about the songs that were playing, and then I was trying to think about how old Jim Parsons might be, and if everything shakes out. I, it looked I like the seventies, but the songs kind the of songs indicated eighties. The They're definitely eighties. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, Jim Parsons is definitely in his forties, but he's kind of ambiguous age-wise. Yeah. I don't. I don't really know. The other thing about having a kid actor is that I mean, the characters nine the actors probably 11 in two seasons they can make them 15 mm-hmm. you know yeah, like true. they can they can bounce around they can play around with it a little bit mm-hmm. ask game of thrones 
Is that right? Or Modern Family. Yeah, like, you're right. The kid in Modern Family is a full-grown man now. Oh, yeah, definitely. But they bring in new kids right. to, to keep it cute. Yes. That's another show that got just like way too stuck in its ways. Yeah. Did you watch that at all? I watched like the first few years of it. Yeah. It was really fresh, and then it just didn't go anywhere. No? Yeah. They're just yeah. highly dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> like manipulative people. Right. They just turn into bad people after kind of. a while. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Anyway, yeah, those were not very uh, strong reviews. Do you give your S to either of these shows? No. 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 I wouldn't tell anyone to watch either. If I was telling someone to watch one of them, you know why I wouldn't tell anyone to watch it? Because everyone knows to watch it. Yeah, you're right. It's on all the time. But I would be very curious to hear the review of Young Sheldon by somebody who considers themselves a Big Bang Theory fan. Like, yeah. is it living up to what they expected or how they envisioned it? Because mm -hmm. obviously it takes some creative liberties mm -hmm. in using single cam instead of multicam, not mm -hmm. using a studio audience or a laugh track. Right. Uh, having Jim Parsons narrated, I think, is, is smart. I think that's natural and, and clever. Yeah. Um, it also keeps him working. Yeah. As if he needs more money. You know what? I, and I don't mean to be super critical. And this is going to, again, sound like a, a kind of a dickish thing to say. But, like, I've just never met a Big Bang Theory fan that I've been able to talk about, like, other TV with. <laughs> on a, like, You know? like No, I know what you mean. I'm having a hard time because I also feel like I'm being super elitist about what I watch. I just, I just find it's it. lazy. That's what, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. That's what the show's about. We I guess like, you're right. We don't like these shows. Yeah, I guess you're right. I find it tremendously lazy. Yeah. Screw off, Chuck Lorre. Screw off with your weed show. Screw off oh, with your God. Sheldon shows. Oh, you're so right. Your vanity cards. Yeah. And those I actually think I, would, I like more than the actual <laughs> He does shows. His, his greatest writing on his vanity cards for <laughs> yeah. half a second after each They should each make pop. a show about the vanity cards. That'd be cool. They made a coffee table book. Did they? Yeah. I think uh, my dad has it. Yeah? Yeah. I'd be interesting to, to read that. Is yeah. your dad a big, big Chuck Lorre fan? Uh, I don't think so. I think my parents still watch The Big Bang Theory. And yeah. my dad listens to this podcast, so he probably feels a little bit judged yeah. by us. I don't mean to pop. It's just the show's the show died, man. You know, the like I, I think my parents, too, like they had it on for a long time in the house. And they were like, do you like this, Matt? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was super straight up about it. Yeah. No, turn this off. I hate You're this You're really show. offended by it. Yeah, I always have been. So what do you want to do next week? I don't know. Well, we were talking about. I don't know what else. What other shows are on this week? I mean, the Will and Grace comeback is something we have to do at some point. We talked about addressing that. So yeah, yeah. let's let's just do that. Okay, Will and, and Grace. Will and Grace. Sure. Sure. And then I'll try to call Megan Mullally. Okay, cool. We'll try and get <laughs> Megan Mullally. Megs Mullally. We'll try and get Will and Grace on our Will and Grace podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. Willfully with Grace. All right. Cool. All right. So uh, I guess uh, Will Smith is selling his clothes for hurricane relief. <laughs> yeah. That seems and, and like not just his clothes, but like I guess the whole family, like Jada and Willow and 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 Jaden and everything. Know? Well, like they're yeah, they're ambassadors for Gucci and um, and uh, Chanel, and so like they have fancy original clothes that are being auctioned off, and the money is going to go to hurricane relief. Wow! I brought this up not because it was the only Will Smith news this week, but because I thought it could be a real challenge to turn this into never That's trust why Will you Smith. never trust him. <laughs> For this extremely charitable thing. Well, you know what? Like all the Gucci, and I know it's a, a charitable stuff, but like there's gotta be someone in there is, is making a wrong turn. Whether it be Gucci, whether it's kids making clothes in Vietnam, I'm gonna crack this case wide open. Yeah. We're gonna find out. 
exactly why you should never can't say the word allegedly enough (laughs) but but there's probably something going on we're not gonna be charged because of this Uh, you're right. Somebody of import would have to listen to our podcast. You know what? Again, Besides I'm just going to lean into family. it. Will Smith, I know you're guilty. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Never trust Will Smith. Will Smith.